to me. Live from our Twin Cities bunkers in St. Paul. We're the names you know. This is Names I Know. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both. forget to say what episode number we're on but i'm pretty sure this is episode like 141 of this godforsaken podcast so how is everybody doing uh how is everybody's week and, and weekends yeah this uh, was a go ahead mj I, my my week and weekend were gr- were great uh i sharpened some knives for a client and that felt good to get that project out off my chest and uh i could not find a lot of my sharpening tools one, because my apartment's kind of a mess, but two, I think I left a bag of like a w- several whetstones and and some diamond sharpening rods like <clears throat> out on the front lawn in a, in a grocery bag, meaning to come back and pick them up after you know putting some groceries in the fridge, and I never did that. So, how do you check the fridge for the the whetstones? Yeah, I did. Yes. Okay. And <laughs> you looked, thank you, Dan. And you looked in your yard. Yes, I did. This was was weeks ago that that I brought this up from storage, and I was just like, you know what? Maybe I never went back down and got those. People would not enter our yard. But but I, I, uh, yeah, I I, I still had some sharpening tools, so for the client, I was able to to make do with with what I had, and uh, yeah, so they they passed the, the paper cut test when I was all done with them. Yeah. Bill, you, so, had a, you had some you had some shit go down this week. Yeah, monumental week. I uh, I got a spine put in, and uh, so now I have a spine. Um, I had back surgery. I convinced a doctor that it was uh, essential, and uh, you just got to know the code words. It's good to know a doctor friend, and he give you the code word, and they let you right in. So if anybody needs surgery, I'll uh, I'll give them the code word for a hundred dollars. <laughs> uh, I've uh, yeah, so it's just been a, a nice week of uh, recovery, and things are going really well. The first two days really sucked, and then every day since then, it's gotten better and better. Um, I really like the idea of a surgical speakeasy. Yeah, you got you to look for the red light and say the right thing, and then uh, you know, microdiscectomy, total hip replacement, yeah. boob job, whatever you're looking for, you can get. Yeah. I, I find it amazing now that back surgery is outpatient. Yeah. You know, this is something that, you know, 20 years ago, you would have been in the hospital for a week. Yeah. Do they do it uh, laparoscopically? So you got like tiny incisions? Yeah. It's like a one-tenth of an inch. Yeah. Yeah. I had, a, I had a hip labral repair a couple of years ago. And yeah, I, like when the, the procedure was new, they used to open you like literally ass to navel. Yeah. To get it to get access to the joint. And now I have three like half inch long incisions at three points on my hip. And yeah. Yeah, you said mine'll be gone within a year. You won't be able to know they did it. All right. Just just incredible. Yeah, we can move on from this. 
Well, I think I just think uh, Astonavel is going to probably be the name of the podcast. Uh, yeah, I think so. Astonavel with Cantar. So, um, <laughs> He'll uh, want to spread that to all his family. <laughs> uh, well, again, guys, we uh, as always Patreon. We are really excited, happy that everybody's joining us on the Patreon. If you're not already, um, consider it the days I know. Um, Patreon.com back or slash the days I know. Um, you can get involved at just as little as three bucks a month. Uh, well, we're going to hook you up with some beer. Um, I'm actually drinking uh, the newest beer, the Citratown Wanderers beer, which is a very delicious uh, IPA. Um, I'm going to take a swig right now. Ah, it really hits the spot. You can get involved in that. Um, you can help support the Daves that you know. Uh, I'm working on some cool stuff. Um, we're going to hopefully be getting um, – I, I want to – I want a steady stream of like some zoom happy hours with some old uh, stars, players and things like that. That might, you know, we might just sort of limit it to the, the Patreon people. So uh, if you haven't joined the Patreon yet and you really want to um, please consider doing it. Patreon.com backslash it is. I know, I know that the hop clouds <clears throat> folks are working on some really amazing stuff right now. Um, they have nothing else, nothing else to do right now, but brew some fucking beer. Uh, so when we have, when we, actually officially start watching soccer again there's gonna be some really kick-ass beers to get involved with so patreon.com backslash days i know to help support the days that you know all right we're gonna jump right in uh we have an interview that we just taped with uh kintaro takata uh the man the myth the legend uh hashtag taka time so enjoy that and then uh, we'll be right back after that uh with uh some uh, more podcasts you want me to be that type of dude and i won't And we are here with uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Taka Time. Uh, Hi, guys. Favorite uh, Minnesota star, Kentaro uh, Takata. Welcome to uh, the Daves I Know. Hey, thanks for having me. Ohio. <laughs> Ohio, yes. There you go. It's already Japanese. We speak, should, we, should we speak in Japanese tonight? No, I, I'm not fluent, <laughs> so that would be good. Wakaima-san. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we don't, we, we're not going to survive for 45, <laughs> one hour, so. yeah, yeah. Mind. yeah, I, I know, I, I know a lot of, uh, talk of, most of my Japanese comes from, uh, taking about 12 years of Shotokan, and, uh, uh-huh. you know, yeah. things that you learn in, in Shotokan Karate is, is not always, uh, transferable to the world of soccer or what, what have you, so. Yeah. <laughs> cool. All right, well, let's. Uh, I just want to get started. Um, you know, Taka, you played with Minnesota. You played in Minnesota from uh, 2009, starting down in Rochester through uh, 2014. What um, What brought you to Minnesota from? from oh. Uh, well, I uh, was playing in Japan after college two years in, in Division Two team, and I, I wasn't. I mean, I didn't get a lot. Uh, playing time and then I'm basically you know I got cut so I just personally I just always looking for something you know overseas and I, I had a friend they had a business in Vancouver uh, he told me about soccer in the United States so you know basically you know what okay I give a shot and that was the then I started talking to the guy used to play for 
you know, several sounders back in the day, uh, still there in the USL. Uh, I contacted him and he helped me because that time I, I couldn't even speak English. So he set me up. Uh, that one team was uh, Minnesota, and another one was at Rochester. Uh, um, so that was a uh, two team. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, no, sorry, Charleston, Charleston Battery, uh, two team. So okay. I, I I didn't even choose. I just it just he just came up with it. Um, so that that was the beginning of my yeah the 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 story in the United States. Okay. So, so Japan to Rochester, Minnesota. How was how was that transition? Yeah, I mean, and then I had a tryout, and and then I thought I did well, but the coach sent me to the to PDL team. I was I was a bit surprised because not many people know that I actually played in PDL uh, mm-hmm. team the very first season. Yep. Uh, actually, Teal was my teammate. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Um, yeah, that was a, that was a, that was a big transition, uh, especially lifestyle English. I thought I was ready, but not, I wasn't even close. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, I think it helped. I played in the PD. Actually, it helped. I stayed in uh, with the host family. They're very nice. I still you know stay contact with them. Uh, they helped me. You know. Uh, that was a great beginning uh, going to, you know, real life and basically the experience. Three months I was there. Yeah. Cool. And then in uh, 2010, <clears throat> you made your way to Minnesota and played with uh, NSC Minnesota Stars. Um, yes. How was that? Uh, how was that first season uh, with Minnesota? I mean, they made the playoffs, but uh, got, uh, got trunks in the first round. So, well, can you tell us a little about those first, you know, first year or so playing with Minnesota? Yeah. I mean, and then, and then was I was talking to the coach, and then team, the team was basically gone that time and after the season, and I lost the contact with the coach. And coach promised me, then you can come back for next season, but and then he was gone, and mm. I I had no idea what to do, but then, you know, I email, keep emailing, then. Uh, in many Lagos, um, he told me, okay, you can come over again, do again everything, try out. So I had to sign up with the, you know, open tryout, everything, start over again. Uh, that was, uh, it was, it was kind of stressful after whole season, one year, and I, I did well. And actually, I played a very friendly game with the Minnesota Thunder team. and. At NSC, um, friendly game. I, and I did well, and he, yeah. the coach told me, "Yeah, you can. We definitely sign you next season." But the team's gone. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was it was tough. Uh, financially, it was tough, and mentally, it was tough. But uh, luckily, you know, I uh, I made it. I signed the contract. Actually, in April, I still remember that uh, April, and then I played a game. And I, I think, you know, it was like a AC St. Louis home game as a, my, my debut. And since that, I think first season, I played, I think, most of the games. But uh, first season, I, I, I thought, you know, we, we did 
best possible we can and play our first game. Uh, Rango got record in the very early, early beginning, first half, and then we lost like 4 0 or something yep, like that. It was 4 0. Carolina. Yeah. Carolina. But I, I thought, you know, we didn't feel, oh, we could have better. I think we went to, we went to the, we reached to the level I think we could have been to. Uh, so, so it was the first season. Cool. Yeah, people uh, who are newer, so we've been, doing this podcast for three years now um but oh, I've, been following, I've been following the team since 2011 and mj i think is even longer than i have been so i uh, i believe i saw three games in 2010 where that was the crazy uh u.s soccer federation kind of a hybrid division two that the yeah. nasl was was the nasl was just starting to break away from usl uh right. one Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that that was the weird and, year, and and for I mean, Minnesota soccer fans, that was also the weird year of Thunder was gone and and right. the, the st- first year of the stars, I believe. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't many people watching anyway. So yeah. it, it's if it's rare if you're watching from the beginning, it's very rare. Um, when you yeah. when you say you lost track of the coach, um, are you talking about Buzz Lago? Like you were talking with Buzz Lagos of the Thunder, and then. He kind of dropped off. No, he... the, the, what's his name? Uh, the 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 um, he the glasses. Uh, the school uh, the teacher. He's I think it's the, the little guy. What's his name? Um, it's not a Buzz Douglas. Uh, I forget Carl his Craig? name. Might be yeah. Carl Craig. Yeah, it's, it's little, little <laughs> tiny. No 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 not Carl not Carl. Oh not Carl okay. Yeah, they had a head coach, different guy. Um, Amos. Around it. Uh, I I just don't remember the name. That's, That's right. fine. So, yeah, so I was, I was but, saying for, for people, but, uh, um, Minnesota all soccer almost did exist multiple times. Like when we, when Dr. Bill came in and, and bought the team in 2013, that was like the fourth time that Minnesota soccer almost didn't right. exist anymore in the course of yeah. four years ago. Um, so, yeah, so 2010, obviously, uh, I know you scored your very first goal with the team, uh, the last regular season match of the, of the year. Right. Is, uh, yeah. Remembering that correctly? I guess Tampa, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I remember because the the, the other J- Japanese guy, the, the, uh, Takuya, um, Taku, he's a, he was a center back for Tampa. Mm-hmm. And I was basically running from the midfielder and then move up. And I was um, Devin. Uh, Devin Dodo, they put the cross ball in. And I just wanted to finish. It's only one goal, so I wish I sure I could have scored in my whole my career, but uh, that's uh, that's why maybe I didn't move move up to the highest level. Maybe, <laughs> but uh, no, I remember that. Yeah. 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 And then, uh, then of course, there was the 2011 season, which uh, lives in lore here in Minnesota. That crazy, uh, almost backing into the playoffs and then going on that crazy run. What can you? Do you have any great stories from 2011, from when you guys won the championship that you want, that you can tell us that are, you know, we are, we do have a, yeah. it's an explicit podcast, so you can, you can get a little weird or get a little crazy if you want, so. I think, I think, I mean, we had a great, you know, mix of the players, you know, the diversity, international, uh, you know, we had a Simone, Italian guy, you know, um, Lucas, uh, uh, Argentina guy, Brazilian, uh, and you know, of course, an American guy. 
Yep. I think um, we we always joke around, right? You know, um, Simone, Lucas, and myself, and you know, then American guys, couple guys. But I don't know. I mean, it was I I enjoyed you know every single you know every single day, and it wasn't great you know honestly great life but <laughs> you know we're, we're not making lots of money anyway but uh, <laughs> but uh you know we we basically you know we we are told you know we have not much you know owned by the we kind of stuff we don't have children sure, and we have to win and, you know we just you know became one team and then um, I think I think it's it's funny. It, Many Lagos was a coach that time. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting. I mean, he was back then. I you know I didn't know much about how how coaching you know, but I think I think we basically we had the same schedule. You know, Monday we have this, Tuesday we have that, Wednesday that. So. Well, basically, you know, player kind of like you know figured out how what we play. Uh, it, it was basically just slow, slow the players in the game, and then hey, you guys figured out. You know, mm-hmm. uh, but then Carl Craig was a big piece of the tactical side. Uh, I, I'm not criticizing money, but uh, it, it was more like you know player, um, not not like you know coach coach. I think that time, uh, in my opinion. Um, so, so that's the, that's what we, you know, basically we just captain bring in together, you know, Kyle and then, oh, let's play like this, you know, let's play this way, that way. You like it? Yeah, let's do this. No, oh, we don't like this. So, you know, that kind of, that's kind of, you know, mm-hmm. uh, not secret, but uh, yeah. Taka, you said that, you know, Manny was more of a player's coach. Carl was more the tactical X's and O's guy. Right. Yeah. Do you, do you have any, uh, do you, do you have a, a, a favorite Carl Craig story that, that maybe sticks out that was not captured on, on video by Brave New Media? <laughs> yeah, MJ, yeah. That was my question. <laughs> I mean, you guys, maybe you guys, he's, he's a, you know, he's a character guy. Uh, he's funny, but, I mean, I still don't know what he's saying in English, to be honest. Uh, he's heavy, <laughs> heavy, heavy accent. I always say this. Uh, I, 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 to be honest, I was just pretending like whatever he says, you know, da, 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 and then I just they go like this and then <laughs> say, say yes. And then, I mean, once you're on the field, you soccer ball, you don't need language, you know, but, uh, oh, he's, I think, you know, I couldn't, I still, you know, Beginning end of the, the, the my time in Minnesota, I still, uh, you know, it's, it's <laughs> okay, hard to understand. But I, he came up with a song. He always, you know, they, they bring in the song. He still, we have, you know, uh, um, he started singing and then the Wonder Wall, yeah, Wonder yep. Wall and then Lock Loom and then that uh, became uh, tradition. So. Yeah, he was he was a great character guy. He's always funny, joke around. But but he he can be he you know he can be tough. Uh, when when we need to focus, he, you know, he he tells shit. You know, <laughs> no, fuck off. You know the English guy. But uh, when you go to travel, 
in the hotel, you know, having meal. Oh, he's like, like you know, he's always laughing. And but um, when we're talking about 2012, but 2013, uh, before the game, he was in the hospital. I don't know if you guys know. Yeah. Uh, he he got a little, you know, dehydration and stuff, and he was he was in the hospital and he was on the field. Um, D- so, during the final, right? During the 2012 final. Yeah, yeah, then, yeah. 13, yeah, in, ta- in Tampa. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was. Uh, I, he I don't know. He was drunk. I don't know. He was drinking too much coffee. <laughs> he got dehydration, <laughs> and then he was he was in the hospital, and then we blame on him. You know. We, after a couple of years, we, we joke around and, oh, that was because uh, it's your fault. You are not, you know, yeah. you are not coaching us. So yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, Carl's yeah. great. He still, he still lives in the cities. I still see him occasionally, and I still can't understand a goddamn word that he says. So. <laughs> if you don't understand, I have no chance. You have no, ch- you have no, no chance, man. Yeah. For, um, for our listeners that did not live during this time of Minnesota soccer, I'll just say yeah. there, there are some – YouTube videos called Tea Time with Carl Craig that you can still go out and see. Um, no, I've, se- I've seen that before, yeah. And so you can watch Tea Time with Carl Craig. That lives on in, <laughs> in Minnesota. Uh, and, and there are times with his Newcastle thick accent, you cannot understand what the fuck he's saying. <laughs> um, I, I was happy he, was, he became a head coach. And, but I, I, wasn't, I was wondering, wasn't wasn't i mean great great uh result i would say um i was wondering what you guys feel from like you know fans you know perspective and i thought he he, i thought he's going to be great i mean i don't know in my eyes i i thought he could have done better but maybe it's lots of things going on in the in the organization i don't know i don't know you you picked the right podcast to ask that question to because we are very much not a Heath friendly podcast. Um, mm. I think I don't think I don't think Carl got a fair shake. Honestly, uh, mm. I think uh, once they announced MLS, that Dr. McGuire had his eyes set on somebody mm. else and knew that Manny wasn't going to be that guy, but he wanted Manny in the in the fold. You know, he yeah. wanted uh, in the front office. Yeah, but they needed someone to, to to manage that team, and that was a really it was kind of a screw job as far as I'm concerned. Like it was a no win situation for Carl because I don't think there was any way that Carl was going to get a fair look yeah. from uh, from the front unless unless he had won the NASL championship. I think that was the mm-hmm. only way. Even if he had made it to the final and they had lost, I still mm-hmm. think he would not have been brought back as a head. As right, a head right, right, right. No player uh, player standpoint, we we knew when the MLS, uh, you know. Announced that Minnesota going to be investing, and player we we knew that we we not like exciting you know we not like excited excited because we knew that we, they're gonna clean up the whole house mm-hmm. you know it was it was kind of like mixed uh, ego sadness and also you know proud that we made two finals uh, in a row but we we players you know we knew we not on the squad. You know, and we we had like twenty five players, and maybe you know they keep five players mm-hmm. uh, for the franchise. But uh, we we knew we knew that, so we we not like you know yes we going to the last uh, we deserve this. No, we knew that we going to be you know get out, 
thank you. You know, uh, good luck your your next chapter. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Win your. And so, Taka, from your perspective, what was that transition like when you're kind of maybe seeing the writing on the wall? You're seeing the future here, and like, okay, they're going to MLS. You know, you know, you said like the most of the players know you're not going to make the cut. Mm -hmm. um, it was that when you started looking for other options. Like, are you reaching out to other teams then, or? Uh, yeah, de definitely. That I mean, that time I had a uh, two years left. Uh, my contract, and I wished I, I had only one left, because <laughs> I knew that last year it's gonna be long season. Uh huh. Uh, when the owner came in, like you said, you know, Doctor Bill is a great guy, but he has he has his vision and he has his players. When he brought the five, six Brazilian guys, and then oh, that that's it. You know, this is my end. I have no future in Minnesota. Uh, so yes, I I I start looking uh some other options uh, but uh, i had a, a contract and which which is good or bad because as an international you know they don't obviously support green card in that time uh so i had to have visa to 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 stay in the united states especially i wanted to live in the united states so which is good that i secure i have you know i've secured two years i i can stay in the united states but at the same time uh, I knew that I'm not going to play a lot of games. So, but yeah, and then I look for another team, so of course. And the good thing is I, I play pretty much consistency fast four seasons, three years. Um, so I, I had a good reputation and I can carry it on to the next team. Yeah. So um, before we jump into talking a little bit about what you did post Minnesota, what was your favorite Minnesota Stars slash Minnesota United memory. Do you have one? I mean, obviously, I think winning the championship. Yeah, um, but do you have anything else? Like, anything else that sticks out? <laughs> it, 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 this is uh, maybe I can talk about on this podcast, but uh, Vancouver, when we went to Vancouver very fast year, mm -hmm. it was uh, we lost, I think, 3 nothing. It, it no chance. Uh, they, the Vancouver team was very strong workout. Uh, so after the game, we went out. So, so we basically, we just got, you know, we, we just basically fucked up everyone. <laughs> even like, uh, even, even like a trainer at that time, Jeremy, if you guys know, I don't know, Jeremy, the trainer. I saw his kids, uh, kids uh, right. walking around excited. Anyway, so. <laughs> But then the next morning, we had to wake up at like 5 a.m. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, so we crossing the border. I was, uh, I was sitting next money. Uh, you know, he was driving. But uh, it was like a long line to get in, the boat, cross the boat. Uh, basically, I was, I was so drunk. I fucked up, you know. So, <laughs> so <laughs> I had... I have to oh, I have to get out the the car and I was basically like throwing up next oh to God. money. Yeah, I I don't think we can do that right now. And I, <laughs> so and then I was uh I was almost get caught by the immigration because Jesus. because 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 I was I was so drunk and you know the officer was asking me questions because the international has to show the visa the passport. Okay. I was, 
I was inch close to get caught and I, I couldn't get out of the country. That's, uh, oh. yeah. And then I'm sure Manny is, is still remember that. And then he, <laughs> I mean, he, he was, he was cool. I mean, I, I don't know, but, uh, that's the, that's the favorite. Outside did they, did, of Taka. <laughs> Taka, did they eventually let you cross the border with Manny yeah. then? Or did you, did they have to abandon you there? No, I was okay. I was fine. Okay. Because maybe I'm I'm a bit Japanese. I'm lucky. Japanese. <laughs> it's funny, like you know, when I say Japanese, you know, the immigration basically just okay, you good. And then we go to comes to Brazilians and Jamaicans. Oh, stop, stop, stop. You, know, <laughs> you, have, to, you have to show me a document. Yeah. Uh, That's. But but obviously you know it's a favorite. Uh, it's also the one home game, the, the playoff game. Uh, I still picture, you know, was, what was the game? Um, uh, home game is like an evening game. We we won, you know, the score, the winning goal, whatever. You know, this we went to the fans and. Oh yeah, in twenty twelve. Twelve, right? Yeah, that was that was the wire was in the stands and he saw that and that is like yeah. talks about that all the time as like one of the reasons why he bought the team was just the fans crushing the sideboards and you guys coming right. in yeah and singing Wonder War and yeah. flares up. That's the that's the I still remember the clearly the the moment to, to remember. Yeah, for sure. Um cool. And then so then you uh you spent uh Two years in St. Louis and then a year in Atlanta. Um, obviously, we had someone from the, the St. Louisans who really appreciated uh, your time there. Do you have any uh, favorite haunts from St. Louis? Um, yeah, it's, it's, um, as, as a player, actually, you know, it didn't – I didn't do – you know, I, I wasn't – enjoying that much because i mean the player if you don't play a lot mm-hmm. it's uh it, it's hard to say you know enjoy because i you know i didn't i don't know i was i was i thought i was you know i could help the team more but uh, somehow you know we had the different vision coach's vision my vision uh but you know they they, they they have good fans, and uh, then they they go into MLS, and you know uh, now I think it's kind of similar situation, I guess. Uh, you know, me so the original fans and uh, new fans coming in. Uh, it's always, I guess, you know that that kind of similar situation in the United States, but uh, but but they have they have good fans, and I enjoyed life and. So great guy. Uh, so. Yeah. Um, and then I, you finally ended your, uh, and you are, I, well, I'll come circle back to this, but ended your, your professional playing career uh, in Atlanta, uh, playing with the, the hated Atlanta Silverbacks. Um, <laughs> from, you know, we can't, we don't like Atlanta up here uh, for many reasons. Um, yeah. What, yeah. and then you, you, then you sort of like made a home in Atlanta because you're in, you're in Georgia right now, right? Right. Uh, yeah, that's that's uh, also the, the commitment um, to the time that my my girlfriend, and uh, which is you know uh, my wife right now. It was uh, she kind of you know she has had life in the Atlanta, so 
you know, I don't have, I mean, I move around and basically, so I had to, I had to choose, you know, moving and commitment and then, I, yeah, then, then there's a team and I, and I talked to them. Yeah. Uh, then, 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 then I played about that time, Silverback was in NPSL, wasn't, wasn't NSL, wasn't USL. Yeah. It's kind of sad now, just kind of fade away and goes down. Uh, Atlanta United took over. Um, so, yeah. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, Atlanta now, it, it, soccer, it, soccer fever is, is um, very, you know, big. Soccer is very big in here now. Go ahead, MJ. A- have you, Taka, have you been, have you been to a Atlanta United game? Mm-hmm. Couple times. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, uh, I don't like Astro Tough Field, to be honest. Oh, AstroTurf is horrible. Turf is horrible. Good man. Good man, Even, even like you watch, and uh, I can't watch. But, uh, <laughs> so I, I'm glad that Minnesota had, you know, uh, got always, always. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's a massive stadium. Like you get 70,000, 80,000 fans. They share with Falcons. But uh, I think Minnesota United did the right thing. It's, it's very soccer-specific field and grass and uh, that's, yeah, that's very, very good. Um, I just don't like Australia, but they get fans though here. They get fans. Yeah, I went down there last year for the U.S. Open Cup final with Minnesota United and Atlanta. Right, so right, right. It was it was a blast. The the fans are are fucking great. Um, yeah. They also think they invented soccer for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. They're very hoity toity. <laughs> like, well, San Luis don't say the same thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, soccer, they say. So tell us, tell us a little bit about what you are, what you're doing now. You are, you're the head coach of the uh, Car Ed national team. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, uh, but also um, I, I use I coach youth youth level. Uh, it's called the Tri- Triumph Youth Soccer Association. Okay. It's a local local club, and then I, I take part of um, charge of some technical uh, director position. Uh, also, I coach U15, U13 boys team, and also, in the morning, I, uh, I'm assistant coach for uh, Life uh, University men's soccer team. It, it's um, NIA. Um, oh, the NIA. So, okay. Yeah, NIA. Um, I, uh, I've been doing that for three years. Uh, then, then, yeah, I took, um, it's not a full-time, but I took a part of the job in the current men's national team, which is we had uh, first training camp in, in, in February, just before the pandem- pandemic stuff. Um, I'm going to take my privilege as the Asian geography nut here to talk a little about uh, the, the Karen national team. The, right. the, the Karen people uh, are from the Myanmar, Thailand region. Uh, they, they were in Myanmar. They, this, most of them are still in Myanmar, but, but uh, they fled to Thailand due to persecution. Um, they are kind of out headlined by the Rohingya Muslims and the persecuted in, in Myanmar. But uh, after Myanmar and, and Thailand, the next uh, largest group of, of Karen people is, is in the United States. And then I think it's Australia. So like the United mm. States has the third most uh, population, highest population of, of Karen people. Um, yeah. And that's that's in Minnesota, and that's why the Korean Football Association is based in Minnesota. How did how did you get involved with them? How who reached out to whom? Or 
Um, do, do you guys know Kyle Johnson? Kyle? Uh, he's a, he's a, he, he's an organizer. So, okay. so he, so when I was, uh, in Minnesota, I was coaching for high school team, Como Park High School. Yep. Uh, so his son was an, you know, a senior player. Uh, and I was, I was assistant and I was, I was coaching for Buff City team. So his dad is Kyle Johnson. Uh, so he, he made the team, he organized the team and last spring and then he, he called me, uh, last summer. They talk, we have, you know, I have this going on and I'm looking for, uh, head coach position. And yeah, reason why that's because from Kyle, yes, one. And number two is, uh, the, those ethnic group, they have a competition. It's called a, uh, a CONIFA. CONIFA, yes. Yeah, that's like a international tournament. Uh, it's like a World Cup, FIFA World Cup for those the, the current, you know, those people who has no country, yep. uh, the ethnic people. Yeah. So, so that that's two tunes that. It was kind of excites me that because it's from Kyle and then also number two is international level. Uh, okay, uh, that's uh, something you know I I'd like to do that. So obviously you're doing a lot of coaching now, which is which is really cool. Um, what uh, and you've you've had you've obviously had a lot of coaches. What uh, are there is there anything specific that you have taken from like you know say your your coaches here in Minnesota like Carl and Manny. Um, are you more of a man manager? Uh, like, are you a player's coach like Manny? Are you more of a tactical uh, genius like Carl? Try mix and match. What do you? Uh, yeah. What's the? No. Yeah. I, I think uh, I think I'm 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 learning from everyone's you know taking little by little you know from each. I was because uh, I knew I, when I stopped I was going to be a coach. I want to be. Uh, so I even like. I, I was taking a note. Uh, this is a little uh, serious, uh, not maybe, um, but uh, I was taking a note, you know, the training drills and, and lots of stuff and, you know, the pregame speech kind of stuff. I was just writing it down basically. So, yes, Carl, uh, you know, he has lots of different types of drills. Uh, you know, maybe many, you know, I, I could learn from him because he was, I think he was great to be around the players. You know, uh, he was very positive and um, give them a good, you know, motivation. But the call is more like, you know, like you said, like a tactical, very specific uh, information. And um, and then also, you know, I had a different coaches in my in my time. Uh, I, I think I'm getting into my coaching. The philosophy, you know, what my style, um, but eventually, you know, I'm coaching youth level, but eventually I want to be you know, coach in the professor level, uh, hopefully in an MS level uh, one day. Uh, but um, so, yeah. Cool. So you've always, you've known since you've been playing, you've, you know, you've wanted to be a coach. That's yeah. been kind of a goal of yours. Good. Cool. Um, great. Uh, MJ, what's you want to do the talk of time question? Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> while you were here, they they they, they, 
Brave New Media did did a, a a video series, which I believe also are still out on YouTube. For those that didn't live through this, you can you can go to the Taka Time or Taka Time Tuesday, where they on Tuesday would release a video of you trying various Minnesota activities. Right. Uh, you you already talked about kind of the rough transition from coming from Japan uh, to the United States and the language barrier and things like that, and obviously th this is playing off of that a bit that both your 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 language and just the culture like minnesota culture is different than than a yeah. lot of other culture in the united states uh do you, my favorite of the talk of time was seeing you on ice skates playing playing and brian brian coleman teaching you <laughs> ice hockey yeah. uh yeah. but but, yeah. but there were many other did you did you do you have a favorite talk of time uh yes Tag, I mean, Tag Tuesday, I mean, uh, favorite to watch is ice fishing. The ice fishing is oh, good. To, That's a good one. I remember that one. Because uh, uh, the funniest part is the, the Brent. Uh, he didn't tell me about how you dig the hole. And <laughs> you know, I, I was supposed to release it, but uh, he didn't tell me. I was just keep holding it. And I was digging and digging in and almost like that was a funny part. And then but it wasn't. It wasn't funny to do. It wasn't fun to do it because it, we were like four or five hours, basically just freezing cold, and we didn't even catch one single fish. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's a six five minutes clip, but we were there like four or five hours. <laughs> and I was after like you know two hours. I was like, Brent, we we get any fish or <laughs> you know? But then. then my favorite, I mean, favorite one was the hockey one too. Uh, we went to Minnesota Wild game and I did a let's play hockey and I was like, I wasn't ready. I mean, Taka Tuesday is supposed to be like, you know, little local, just, you know, joke and fun, you know, but uh, kind of got this thing serious and then we took we took to the hockey game and I was on TV and I go, I'm like, why? Well, I, I, I'm not ready for this, but uh, I, I did it anyway. So yeah, you had to do uh, the the let's play hockey thing, right? Yeah, let's play hockey. Yeah, yeah. At, was, at the uh, Excel Center, with uh, yeah, twenty thousand screaming white Minnesota. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember who who the other Minnesota soccer players that were with you that that joined with you on on the let's play hockey? Um, I mean, I, ooh, who was it? That's fine. You, it's not important. I just like, I, I know you weren't the only one there, but. I oh, there's a one, one guy, Japanese guy was a child. That's one I, I remember. He was, he, he's a player, the Japanese guy, he was trying out. Okay. But the, I think there's another one. Um, but, uh. I'll link to the uh, to the Taka Tuesday YouTube search in uh, in the in the show notes or whatever. But I have a, I do have a question following up on Taka time. Um, better Callman, Brent or Brian? Who's the best Callman, or is it Cassie? Oh. <laughs> the answer is probably Cassie. But I I I must say Brian. Brian. All right. Gauntlet yeah. thrown. Awesome. <laughs> Yeah, Mr. Red Card himself. Yeah, and then he, he and then after he he got red card and then he got dropped in a couple of games and he it was uh, he was dropped from the captaincy too. 
All right. Um, let's see. I'm just trying to. Most of the questions. Uh, oh, I also want so. MN uh, United FC Loons was the on Twitter. He also uh, they also asked about your Taka Taka Tuesday. Um, he's also uh, has a. I was going to shout out his. Uh, uh, he's got a shop. He's got a, a art shop where he's doing stickers. Um, yeah, actually, I saw. I saw that. Yeah. Twitter. Yeah, he's going to be doing a Taka a Taka uh, sticker really soon. Apparently, according to him. So he's got a Pablo sticker. Uh, Jerry Tison. Okay. Uh, Jan Gregus, and apparently in the very, very near future, a uh, Taka sticker. So um, keep an eye on it's uh, a red bubble. Do I, um, do I receive one? What's that? Do I get one? Uh, I will make sure that he gets you one. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Um, but yeah, go. I'll put his. I'll put the website in in the show notes as well. But it's redbubble.com bash backslash or slash people slash United Loons. That should that should find you uh, to him. So uh, we have a couple uh, couple more questions, and then we'll let you go, buddy. Um, Eric Silva Brenneman asks, "What is the most authentic Japanese in the Twin Cities?" I I mean I, I go a lot um, uh, Sakura restaurant in Saint okay. Paul. Sakura. Uh, also uh, Origami restaurant. Origami, yeah. Uh, also. You know, personally, I'm I'm friend of the Zenbox, uh, John. Okay. Uh, it's by the uh in in right in downtown. Uh, yeah, Zenbox, they're the, uh, the Guthrie. Yeah, yeah, they're great guys, and um, yeah, check them out. Okay. There you go, Eric. You got recommendations for Japanese places. Uh, MJ, do you uh, want to ask your last question there? Uh, so. I'm doing a once a loon segment on on Cristiano Diaz this week. I was just, do you have any yeah. any memories from or stories to tell about Cristiano Diaz? Oh, Cristiano. Yeah. He's a typical he's a, a typical crazy Brazilian. Brazilian. Yeah, he's a typical Brazilian guy. He he tacos everyone. <laughs> basically he says poha caralho and taco everyone, you know. But uh, yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's uh, I remember. But he he he's a strong, tough guy. Uh, you know, he's uh, when you go, you know, physical against him, you're not gonna win against you know. <laughs> but uh, he's dirty. Tell him he's dirty. He's <laughs> <laughs> dirty. All right. Um. So we're trying to get. So it sounds like Matt Van Ockel is gonna be on the podcast. If you could ask. Okay. Matt Van Oko, one question, Taka. What question would you want us to ask Matt Van Oko on behalf of you? Um, he's still playing in Birmingham. I think he is. Yeah. Yeah, he's USL. Uh, Birmingham. Birmingham. Yeah. Um, one question. Um, ask him if he has still same dogs. Same dogs. Okay. He had a biggest dog I've ever seen. <laughs> Bigger than Matt. <laughs> and and he, he, he used to, you know, he used to bring it to the locker room. Oh, really? And that, when he was a puppy. He brought and, it into the know, locker room. Yeah. And then Angie was taking care of it but during the practice. <laughs> yeah, ask the story. <laughs> yeah. Poor Angie yeah, Blaker. 
yeah, you know, the, back, back then, the locker room was so tiny and then dark and basically taking all the spaces, asking about the story. <laughs> I wonder if he still has the same dog. <laughs> okay, we'll do. Uh, and I forgot, uh, uh, we have another Twitter question. Um, the real Greg X asks, uh, what do you miss most about the Twin Cities now that you're not here anymore? Do you have any? <clears throat> um, I mean, going to going to NSC, I mean, that, that was that was joy and that was that was fun. And you drive Blaine and drive up to <laughs> to the stadium and then beautiful grass and uh, I, I think I, I, I miss it. I had a great time. But uh, I, I don't miss the winter time, to be honest. <laughs> That's fair. But uh, get back up here when, when once all this coronavirus. Yeah, thing, actually, yeah. Like I, I mean, I, I have to, I have to, yeah, I have to, I have to visit, and I, I hope, um, you know, I talking to players, a couple of players, you know, we should get together and alumni players together, and I hope, uh, you know, organization do something for that, you know. As uh, um, we can have a good time and invite to the stadium, that'd be yeah. that'd be great. Uh, huh. Well, if you want to get a couple, a, a bunch of old players together and like do like a boot or a a, a, a street soccer tournament, we could. Yeah. You yeah. know, our our podcast we, is the reigning. Also, we tournament we champion. can do the we can do what is the fantasy? What's the fantasy? Oh, the fantasy camp? <laughs> <laughs> we can do again with the fans. Yeah, no, uh, my. Uh, I, don't think, I don't think. I think I can do. I can do better commentator this time. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, all right, I have one final question for you, and then um, I, I, this is a dirty, dirty rumor that I, I I found doing some research on the internet today. Did you agree to play with Med City FC in the U.S. Open Cup before it was postponed down in Rochester? <laughs> Uh, yes, I did. <laughs> you did. I did because yeah, that was uh, that was uh, oh man, that was a little secret. I was ho- I was waiting to to make an announcement, like you know, but uh, <laughs> it, it's gone now because of the pandemic, sure. because of the coach, the new custody. Oh, okay. Okay. He's the still same coach, uh, from from my time. Wow. So, so yeah. Wow. So he asked me about players if I know anyone. Then I was talking to him and then he, he and then he told me I don't know he was serious but he, he asked me about hey, you know you want you want to play with us one game you know. Uh I'm like, "You know what? Okay, I I, I do. Let's do it." <laughs> and I I was so pumped. I was training, running around, training with college students. Uh, I was getting shape, and then all of a sudden, you know, I, I couldn't do it anymore. So, damn. Maybe, maybe. Maybe in the future. Uh, maybe next year. Yeah, yeah. That is. And then maybe I, I, I could play against the Minnesota United team. But. You know, possibly. <laughs> you know, make it far uh, enough. But, um, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's very true. It's, uh, I'm surprised okay. you, you, you found out. You know, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I, I know how to use the internet. I can I can hide anything now. <laughs> Do you guys have any other matter or Dan anything else you want to ask Taka? Uh, I, just to just to give Rodrigo and Andy a shout out uh, on on their Korean FA 
do you have any other uh, anything else you want to say about the Korean? They're asking questions like uh, your favorite memories coaching coaching the Korean, and uh, Andy asks what are your what are your ups and downs with with coaching the, the Korean FA. Uh, yeah. Anything more you want to say about that? Yeah, I think I think yeah, that's that's a good point. I mean, you you said lots of good stuff about Karen, and and I I I'm, honestly I didn't know about Karen, but now I know. Uh, it, it it's uh you know the people and actually lots lots of population in the state, and and they actually the very very good soccer players, uh and great guys and you know I was I was surprised at their skill level, uh but some guys don't have uh, education than you know the people get usually uh, so so whole point is they don't have lots of opportunities Kyle and try to put the, the, these things together give them opportunities you know uh, because a couple guys are very talented so that's another reason uh, I, I wanted to help bring it to the next level uh, you know get more attention to those guys and you know they can they can be very um they have a great future so yeah you know the kind is uh is the people from uh, Myanmar and uh, they're great guys and great players and, and i you know i loved being around they're very you know respected and great players and yeah we try to participate in a big tournament sometimes soon not this year but next year or two years and then hopefully we can make some you know uh, noise around the world awesome very cool well uh taka thank you so much for joining us this was a absolute pleasure a great blast blast from the past um wish you all the best and all the luck uh with uh life uh and with uh your uh, other coaching gigs with uh, Karen and, you know, staying safe during this crazy, crazy time. So where can, uh, if people want to follow you, check out what you're doing, you, uh, you're obviously on Twitter, um, uh, at uh, ROTK on Twitter. Is there any other, any other place? I have Instagram. Um, okay. So I have a Facebook, uh, Instagram is Kentaro Takara KSS. Okay. I just KSS, it just stand by just Kentaro Saka School. I just made a little personal philosophy of coaching. Perfect. Mixing with Japanese style and American style. Uh, I made it. Um, so also, I have, yeah, Facebook uh, coaching page in Kentaro Saka School. If you, if you Google it, come cool. out. Uh, yeah. Uh, thanks, thanks, guys, for having me. And it was, it was so much fun. Uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you, for, yeah. thank you for joining us. Yeah, all the best to you guys, too. All right. Thank you. All right. And we're back. Uh, that was a very informative interview with uh, uh, Kintaro Takata. Uh, I did not realize that he almost once didn't make it back into the United States after a night of drinking. Um, so that was a fun story. Also, we broke some news, guys. He was going to play in the U.S. Open Cup. How did no one know this before? Yeah. 
for, for Med City. For, for Med City. Yes. Yeah. Going back to his Rochester roots. My hometown team. Yes. You're, yeah. Yeah. Going back to the Rochester roots, Bill's hometown team. So, so that was really cool. Uh, we want to say again, thank you to, uh, to Taka for, for agreeing to do that. Um, and uh, just uh, sort of a, as a, as a Amuz Bush, a teaser, um, we have been in touch with uh, one uh, Mr. Matt Van Okel about joining the podcast. And we got a question, as you obviously heard uh, just a minute ago, a question from Taka for Matt Van Okel. So, uh, we're going to get Matty, uh, Matt Van Oakle on the podcast, and we'll talk to him uh, hopefully maybe next week, uh, but sometime very, very soon. So if you are another uh, former uh, Minnesota star player and you want to um, say the word fuck on, uh, on a podcast, uh, please reach out to us. Okay, gentlemen, let's talk about what else is going on in the world. Uh, we actually have some potential soccer uh, happening up again. Um, what's Break it down real quick, and then uh, MJ is going to wow us with a another rousing edition of uh, One Saloon that I see literally zero notes in, so that should be fun. So <laughs> we got good notes from Taka. Yeah, that's very that's very true. Also, uh, more word babbling than than normal. So what's not yeah, to like? for sure. For sure. Uh, all right, so we'll start with UEFA because that kind of uh, leads us into everything, and then we'll sort of break it down league by league. Um, I know we got a lot of talk, stuff to talk about in the Bundesliga. So uh, UEFA, basically everything is fucked. No one knows what's actually going on. The UEFA had a conference recently. They want qualification for the uh, various uh, you know, European leagues um, to be based on sporting merit rather than alternative means, which people had uh, discussed, such as club coefficient. So there was a, I think it was a article that went out for literally like 24 hours last week, basically saying it was based on club coefficient and basically Arsenal or Manchester United would jump like four teams to get into Champions League spots based on some crazy formula um, that UEFA is like, no, we're not doing that. So MJ. For those of you who don't know what the UEFA coefficient is, you can find it on Wikipedia. It's a pretty like Nate Silver-esque formula that – for good or for ill, heavily weights past UEFA performances, which is why Manchester United would leapfrog a bunch of other teams that are are more qualified. Now they don't weight your your you know championship run from five or ten years ago the same as what you did last year. So there there's uh, the formula is adjusted to to be more recent to value recent results more than like way, way long ago results, but it still hangs on to some of those past results, either little too long or puts uh, larger values on those than I would. And so it's unfortunate that a team that is doing really, really well right now uh, that should maybe get a buy into later rounds of UEFA uh, Europa or UEFA Champions League competition, they should get a buy into later rounds. But because they weren't a Juventus or weren't a Manchester United or Inter Milan that maybe hasn't done a lot recently but has this great backlog of results, um, they get to get in. So um, I'm also very skeptical of the UEFA coefficient uh, reliance. But what else are you going to use? Thanks for – reading a Wikipedia article for a thing that's not going to happen. Uh, 
It should be noted that also included in the UEFA coefficient is stuff like sportsmanship. So yeah. you, may, you may conceivably get a, a scenario in which some team makes millions more dollars, pounds, whatever it is, because they got fewer yellow cards in some Aww. random season. Like, it, it, it won't... It won't happen because that's too fine a point. But, yeah. like, imagine how pissed you'd be if some, like, 2017 defenders ill-advised challenge that got him a red card was the difference between you making the 2021 Champions League and not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like the years Chelsea had uh, Diego Costa. <laughs> yeah, exactly like that. <laughs> Dan, actually, two or three years ago, they, they changed the, the fair play uh, qualification rules. So I don't think people get in just for – not following people anymore. Well, no, but it's it is still included in the in the uh, the UEFA coefficient. I'm pretty okay, sure. Okay. Yeah, because like right. cards roll into sportsmanship, and sportsmanship rolls into the uh, the total coefficient. So, like I said, it's this tiny, tiny aspect. But I mean, who knows what the margin on these things would be? Yeah. UEFA, it's a shitty fuck. formula. Yeah, UEFA's fucked basically. <clears throat> a couple over two other pieces of news before we jump into the actual leagues in Europe. Um, and the MLS, uh, the women's Euros was postponed to 2022. This was obviously something that was obviously going to happen. Uh, the Olympics are happening during that exact same time that were postponed from this year to 2021. And Netherlands, England, and Sweden were all scheduled to play in both uh, the Olympics and uh, women's Euros. And um, unlike the men's team, the women's teams, uh, their full teams go to the Olympic uh, uh, tournament. So <clears throat> with the men's Euros being moved to 2021, the Olympics being moved to 2021, it made perfect sense for the women's heroes to be postponed to 2022 and have their own uh, spotlight, which would be great. Uh, and then the last sort of uh, news of UEFA that just came out, um, they're talking about a five substitute rule. So basically, we talked about this very briefly last week. Um, teams are going to be allowed uh, five substitutes as opposed to the um, normal three substitutes. This is basically the, the logic here is that teams are going to be, you know, if leagues are going to be playing again, they're going to be asked to be playing every three days or so. And <clears throat> we all know the more people play, the much more likely they are to get hurt. Uh, if you don't rotate your squad and some squads, um, I mean, Liverpool could throw out and they have thrown out two different, um, you know, 18 man squads within uh, a span of 24 hours. Right. Um, your Burnleys, your, you know, your Hertha Berlins, your, your, your smaller teams don't have that luxury of having, you know, 36 players that are first team capable. Um, so this is going to theoretically will uh, limit injuries, hopefully, um, as, especially since we're going to be having a very quick run up to these seasons taking place. And the, how it's going to work, according to uh, UEFA, is teams are going to be given certain windows during the games to make subs. Um, uh, outside of injuries. So obviously if there's an injury, you can make a, a, a substitution, but it sounds like there's going to be sort of a, a window and uh, say, you know, the 65th to 70th minute is when you can make subs the 70th to 75th minute and like the 85th or the, you know, the 80th to 85th minute or, or something like that, where you can make your subs, you can make up to five. You don't need to make all five, but it's going to be, so there, there that window will be made so that there's not uh, time wasting. So, do you guys have any thoughts about that? This is brand new that I just saw today. Yeah. I, uh, the thing I, I was thinking about with it is most of these players have never had this much time off in their entire lives, you know? So, yeah, not you since know, like when they were young. Yeah. And, uh, you know, coming back from this, this, you know, amount of downtime, it's, they're going to be winded. They're going to be, 
you know, it's, it's, you know, going from, I mean, sure, they're getting together and doing, you know, some workouts, things like that. But there's, you know, we know that there's a huge difference between that kind of stuff and, you know, full on game, you know, game shape. And so it's, it's, they're going to need these five subs. Yeah, I'll be really interested to see what the injury rates are. Yeah. Coming into these games. I mean, like even the guys who are making sincere efforts to stay in shape, there's just no contest between, you know, workout shape and game shape. I mean, you see it in, in the first couple of games coming out of a uh, spring training or preseason for every sport, like, wow, these guys are just kind of not quite up to speed yet. So, I mean, it'll be fascinating to see in these leagues that do come back who, and it isn't going to be team by team. It'll be player by player who can kind of at the drop of a hat, all of a sudden perform at that top level. Honestly, the guy who pops to mind is Alexis Sanchez a guy who is just an absolute physical specimen. He's always in game shape and you know, he's been keeping in shape during this quarantine. It feels like all of a sudden having a guy like that on your team becomes this massive asset because everybody else is plodding through and getting winded in the 75th and he's still just running like he's, he's got nothing better to do. Yeah. Most guys are in FIFA 20 shape. Yeah. Yeah. So uh... thumbs in thumbs in, in mid season form. So, yeah, so we'll, we'll talk a little bit about some of the uh, leagues, but most of the leagues that we're seeing across, at least right now across Europe, is it's basically about four weeks from when they start training to when they're actually hoping to play games. Um, you know, we can jump in, the Premier League, um, their uh, Sky Sports has a report out yesterday. Basically, they're saying they're hoping to return um, just over six weeks from now, um, which means, you know, the clubs are actually going to meet uh, this Friday, uh, May 1st, to talk about it. Um, they're hoping that games can resume behind closed doors as early as June 8th uh, with a full return to training on May 18th. But that means, you know, sometime next week or the week after of some individual training at grounds. There's already been some Premier League teams that are having their players uh, show up and, and, and train individually, uh, like one-on-one or one in, like basically one, one, like one versus O, um, doing some individual training. Um, like the Premier League's hoping to finish their season um, by the end of July, and then UEFA can do whatever they need to do with Champions League and Europa League. And then a few other places, obviously. Poland is, is hoping to start by May 29th. Uh, Syria uh, in Italy, um, they've, they're just now seeing their cases going down. They're seeing uh, dramatic drops in the number of deaths uh, from COVID-19. They're starting individual training on May 4th. This is with the government's approval already. Uh, so individual training on May 4th. Two weeks later, they're going to start group training, and then matches starting up on uh, restarting up on June second. So I'll be still all up in the air, but that's the timeline I think that a lot of leagues are looking at right now. Um, you know, you start your training, and then about twenty eight to thirty days later, that's when you can start playing actual actual soccer. So let's talk about a league. Um, and Bill, you are our Bundesliga expert, so we'll defer to you here. Um, uh, a league that is, is really close to that sort of 28-day and uh, uh, end of that 28-day cycle, uh, the Bundesliga. Yeah. I mean, so they started getting ready, you know, what was it, about four weeks ago. And uh, they, ago, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Germany probably reacted, you know, they're probably one of the countries that reacted the best of all the uh, European uh, Western countries. Um, yes. their, uh, their rates, I wrote them down on here. 
they were they were very low their rates um, compared to everyone else. What they have like five thousand. There we go. Yeah, they Germany's death toll as of Sunday was was fifty eight hundred, where Spain and France were both over twenty thousand. The U.S. is fifty four thousand. So and uh, yeah, so you know it's really low for Germany. Um, the one big thing is they uh, they they said they would need twenty thousand tests to be able to get through the end of the season. And that, that is a big sticking point. So um, what the big hurdle will be, they wanna start by the 9th of May. And um, what the CEO of the Bundesliga um, is saying that they're gonna wait. And Angela Merkel is calling like, a, they're doing like a meeting of all of, uh, all of the, uh, they call them, you know, that we call what we call governors. Um, they call them nation leaders. Um, and on the 30th, they're calling all together. So midweek here. And uh, they're going to meet and discuss this. Uh, but I know there's going to be heavy lobbying from scientists against it. Uh, because that is a pretty high number of tests that they'll need. Um, well, and, and fans. Uh, to your test point, though, um, so I think that's a, that, that's a weird that's a, that's a number that seems ridiculously large for us here in the United States when no one can get a fucking test. Um, yeah. They're already testing at a, at a much higher rate. What I, what I heard, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, Bill, but what I heard was like 20,000 tests is like 0.4% of all the tests that Germany yeah. well, It's a very minuscule number in, in totality, but yeah. it, also, it, it has, there has, there's obviously some like, image issues and connotations with like you know professional athletes getting these tests when yeah do they want healthcare workers administering those tests when they could be helping other people yeah um in comparison cvs pharmacy claims they do uh 35,000 tests a week here in our country so and that's just one you know one company doing tests here um that was i heard that figure today um so who knows how many tests our country is doing today? Yeah. Um, they, but, but, you know, the bigger thing that you're going to have, and the fans are weighing in against this because the fans, you know, they don't want their sport to look bad. Um, there, there was a quote that I thought was great. Um, they said, uh, The restart of football is unacceptable in the current situation, especially not under the pretext of social responsibility. A speedy continuation of the season would be a mockery of the rest of society. And, uh, you know, and they're expecting all other large gatherings to wait until the end of October. That was a new, new thing they just came up with in the last few days in Germany. Yeah. Um, you know, Another and, and I know, this is off Oktoberfest. Yeah, yeah, they've already called that up, and, I, and this isn't large gatherings. It's you know, it's a couple hundred people, and they've they've put in you know pretty strict rules as a part as you know where people will be. But still, you've got you know you've got twenty two people on a field in very close quarters doing you know as extreme physical co connections as you can with other people, you know outside of sex, I suppose. 
Um, it's a, uh, and you know, and then you have to have healthcare workers um, administering to them. And the other thing one of the scientists was talking about was uh, in the first 48 hours, you could have no temperature, you could have no symptoms at all. So that person, you know, one player could come in and be infected and infect, you know, the entire other, both teams. And then those two teams would have to be quarantined for weeks. It's the, uh, it's the Rudy Gobert problem. Yeah. So, you know, that's the argument that, that these governors and, and Angela Merkel are going to, that's the argument that they're going to hear uh, going into this week. Um, uh, the, the other side that they're going to hear is, you know, there's, there's teams that there's like four teams in the top division that will probably go bankrupt because of if, if they don't play the season. And then there's, half of the second division that they say will go bankrupt. But they're still talking about doing these closed door matches, right? They aren't throwing, throwing the doors open. So what is, what is it TV money that they're relying yeah. on? Okay. Yeah. Right. This is, you know, these teams would survive. They say if they have TV money. Okay. The, there was a Forbes article and obviously they're going to be more business focused, you know, and they were the Forbes article, like 13 of the 36 Bundesliga clubs uh, face financial problems. Um, and so uh, out of the first two divisions, uh, th 13 teams, you know, that's, that's a significant amount. You're, you're almost one, one third of your teams are, are struggling because football's not happening. And obviously I fall on the side that, you know, you have to consider the health of everyone in the country before sports, but, yeah. but it's, it, you know, they, they mentioned that one in the top division is really, is, you know, is really hosed without mentioning which, which team that is. Uh, another thing that it Union points out Berlin, is... Union Berlin, cough, Union Berlin. Yeah, I'm sure it's <laughs> Union Berlin. I mean, yeah. it's their first season up. They, you know, didn't have much money to begin with. And amazingly, they're doing well. I mean, considering that they're a promoted team, you know. Yeah, but they probably sunk a lot of money in, you know, right. into and their that, infrastructure. And that money is is then. I mean, they have amazing attendance, right? I mean, large city and, and a huge loyal following. Yeah. And so you 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 think about them surviving on TV money versus a a Dortmund or a Bayern Munich surviving on TV money. And so yeah. it's two very different and stories. Believe me, the league could keep them all afloat if the season didn't happen. But, you know, the four of us would love to watch soccer this year. Yeah. One of the interesting things <laughs> in this Forbes article was that uh, Veda Bremen was among the last allowed back on the practice pitch because yeah. of where the, the peak number of cases were in, in that region. Okay. Well, and you know they're in relegation territory. Yeah, <laughs> they're not doing well. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's you know there's those you know five teams at the bottom that you know it means something to them, and and you know unfortunately there's those same three teams at the top that are always there, and then there's a couple other teams that you know that are all vying for that you know, possible fourth championship league, uh, champions league, uh, spot. Schalke, so, Leverkusen. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gladbach is there right now in fourth yeah. place. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, yeah, it's those for, three teams. For, for those that aren't familiar, the top three teams are Bayern Munich, Borussia Dortmund, and... Uh, and Leipzig. The, the, the horrible, yeah. Raws and ball sport Leipzig. Ball sport. Yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, Coached by... Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, it goes by Jesse Marsh. Nope. That's uh, the, yeah, so once we do get into the season, if we do get into the season, which I hope we do, yeah. um, I hope they find a way to play it, and I hope everyone's safe. Um, we could so, see some I, great games. I think that we play in a lot of these. I mean, Fox. so Fox Sports has the rights uh, to uh, Bundesliga right now. I think they go to ESPN, ESPN next year. But, uh, I mean, I'm guessing you're going to have a lot of games on FS1 FS2 and the regional Fox Sports networks. Um, if Bundesliga soccer comes back on May 13th, so tell yeah. us a little bit more about uh, game uh, be, before we go on. Quick, the place I found the most negative articles have been on NBC Sports's page and ESPN Sports's page. Weird. Son of a gun! Yeah, how about that? Yeah, I mean uh, English Premier League biased sports pages, right? Yeah. So. Well, do you we know, own the rights bias sports pages? Yeah. yeah. I mean, so to me, there's a couple great games. You know, they haven't decided if they're going to play those last two weeks, which will be right in line to be played on the dates that they were scheduled to be played first, or if they just start where they, where they left off and play in order. So um, I'm just going to look through the schedule from where it ended. And uh, there's, there's some great games. Uh, that first, that first week twenty six game week twenty six, Dortmund plays Schalke. God, I can never say that. Oh. Um, you know, and so that's that's, you know, Dortmund's in second place, and uh, Schalke's in uh, sixth place. Yeah, and so, so that's a great match. It's also uh, a, a referee derby. That's a that's a derby match. That is one of the bigger yeah. bigger yeah. in Europe. Um, Yes, that, uh, Christian uh, Christian Pulisic played for Bar- uh, Dortmund, and Weston McKinney plays for Schalke. Yeah, and those guys, obviously Americans, but, both used to hang out with each other, yeah. and the Schalke fans absolutely like gave Weston McKinney tons and tons of shit for hanging out with Christian Pulisic, like yeah. the, or two nights before the the derby match because it was Thanksgiving, and so Weston McKinney. And like his family that were in 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 Germany in that in that very like weird part of Germany and Kristen Pulisic and his dad, uh, they all got together as Americans to have uh, you know yeah. and all that shit. And apparently the Schalke fans just ripped him a fucking new yeah. asshole for doing that. So like yeah. this, is, this is like uh, you know Everton. Uh, this is like a Merseyside derby. This is like a North London derby. This is a very intense rivalry. Yeah, and Dortmund, I, I'm, I've never been a big fan of Dortmund, but right now, and Dortmund's always been a team that, you know, they love to have young guys, and they're always really exciting, and they, they like to score a lot of goals, and uh, Jaden Sancho, who's a British guy, he plays on the on the, on the the English national team. Um, Yorena? Yorena. Yeah. And, and uh, the Norwegian wonder kid, Erling Holland. Well, Holland. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to get to him, yeah. And Erling Holland, who's who's amazing. He's played the nine games. He's played nine goals, or nine games, and he has nine goals in, you know. And, Shout out and, to Ajax. And uh, it's, 
and that first game he played, he had a hat trick. It was unbelievable. And their fans are like, who is this guy? I think he is still leading. He's still leading the uh, Austrian league. Yeah, he's he is. In like the top 10 in the Bundesliga and goal scored. Yeah, he's, well, he's, he's 12th, but there's oh, like, oh, okay. but there's like eight guys tied for fifth. Yeah. So he's like in the top 10 in the Bundesliga. Yeah. Also still leading the Austrian division. And he hasn't yeah. played a game in Austria since fucking December. Yeah. So. But if you get a chance to watch both his highlight reel and, and, and Jade and Sancho's highlight reel from this year, they're both fantastic. And a lot of really fun goals. Um, yeah, so that's the first week. Second week uh, is the Berlin Derby, Hertha Berlin against uh, Union Berlin. And, you know, in all the years, back years, they before Union Berlin had never been in the top league before until this year. And they had only played four times ever before, before in, this season. In the poll call. Yeah, and, uh, and the, the first meeting, Union won. And uh, and it was absolutely yeah. insane. But the funny thing is, is they had virtually no issues between their fans, and it was it was a you know it was a really you know well behaved crowd. And uh, and sadly, this match will have to no one will be there. So, um, which sort of brings a, up an interesting question, right? Like, can you imagine a derby match like this being played behind closed doors? That's bad enough. But also, you like. We couldn't, you couldn't go to the pub. You couldn't, you know, have friends over Like that's, there's a, that part of it would be really hard for me to take is, is having a match like that in town. Okay. I can't go. Maybe. Yeah. Whatever. Well, that's, yeah. One but, of the arguments that they're going to have when they, when they meet this week is, okay, so we play, you know, with nobody behind closed doors. Okay. But we have all these big Derby matches. Um, what do we do if, if, you know, these ultra groups show up outside the stadium, there's, there's no, nothing keeping them from doing that, you know? Right. You know, do we have to bring police in? You know, how do we, how do we disperse people? So. Yeah. Cause it doesn't matter if you're, if you have a massive crowd inside the stadium or a massive crowd outside the stadium, you still have right. the same problem. Yeah. That's that. Yeah. That, and that circles back to, you know, like with uh, MLS and we'll talk about MLS in a second here. Like if they decide to come back, like we're obviously we're gonna not be playing matches with fans. I don't think we'll be playing matches with fans this year at all. I don't think we'll be in a sporting event until twenty twenty one at the earliest, honestly. Um, but we also have, you know, like the Black Heart and uh, Ladonia. Like, how do we tell people, hey, only a, num- a certain number of people can go there because they're not gonna be able to like accommodate. Yeah the full capacity and or people are not going to want to. So that is a whole other, you know, yeah. I know, I know England is dealing with that too. It's like when the Merseyside Derby happens uh, again, like, um, you know, of course Liverpool fans are going to want to watch somewhere. Right. Yeah. Everton fans are going to watch, want to watch someplace too. Uh, you say called, fans call plural the, like they have more than they use. I think, I think they all have homes, MJ. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this does differentiate them from Liverpool fans. You're right. All right. Fuck off. Yeah. Um, Fuck you all. Fuck you all. So, um, I, you know, the only other big game is that next week is, is the big match at Dortmund and, and, uh, and, and Bayern. Um, 
the, the funny thing, you know, this winter was, you know, Lewandowski went out injured and everybody wondered if it would have a big effect on Byron and it had no effect at all. <laughs> yeah. You know, Depth. And, uh, you, Depth. you couldn't have even noticed. And he's back now. He's, he's healthy, whatever healthy is right now. But um, so, you know, yeah. I really don't see anyone stopping them from winning yet again. On the other hand, I mean, like 30 days off is a massive wrench in their plans. Like, But as his wife says, he's a machine. <laughs> wow, that and the things I and didn't she had know. a big smile on her face. <laughs> wish, well, I, wish I had <laughs> never heard. I tend to believe her. So, yeah. Uh, I well, think they have uh, like six kids. <laughs> ah, so he's the Sean Kemp of the Bundesliga. <laughs> Uh, no, Sean Kemp has six kids by nine women. Now wait a minute. <laughs> that's a, that's that's that, a joke. That work, that, that, no, that's a joke. Shaq one time was asked. He was it was after that Sports Illustrated article. Is Shaq was getting off a plane and uh, all these reporters were around him and they asked him if he had any comments about about that article and he said, "Well, you know, someday when I'm surrounded by my." 30 grandkids that I have by my six kids by nine different women. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell them that I played with Michael Jordan. <laughs> and then he stopped and he winked and he walked away. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, all right. Well, that takes us to MLS. So MLS, uh, I'm sure you've all seen the news. They've extended the team training moratorium until at least May 15th. So based on, uh, everything that, you know, we've seen in, in, in Europe. And, and again, we don't know if any of these things will actually happen. Um, May 15th, if they are able to go back to training May 16th, uh, that means June, sometime like middle, late June is when we would expect to see MLS playing again, again, behind closed doors. Again, I, I, I contend that I think there, no one's saying it, but I think they're shooting for like 4th of July to be their kickoff date for MLS. Um, but we'll see. Uh, yeah. yeah. You know, I think it's interesting. Like as much as we want to talk about comparing us to European leagues, it's probably more useful to talk about what's going on with MLB and NBA just because it's, it, they're sort of playing from the same deck. But uh, NBA came out, God, it was three days ago and basically said, Hey, you know, we, you know, in, States are starting to open up. We're going to open up training camps. And they heard from a lot of teams, apparently, that they did not want that to happen. And it wasn't competitive balance, which would have been a fair assumption. It was straight up, hey, we don't think this is safe. So assuming MLS is hearing the same things, you know, it's we may be facing a year where Germany finishes their league, even Spain and Italy finishes theirs, and MLS just never happens, which is – it's hard to believe, but it feels like that's the way things are shaping up right now. Yeah, I mean, I think it's either they they start by the fourth of July, or it just it, it doesn't happen at all. Honestly, that's kind of where I'm. I, I feel, and they won't say that obviously if it gets to the fourth of July and we haven't had a season. But I, I do not expect to be in a uh, up or even be allowed into a space. Not saying that I would even go, um, be allowed into a space uh, where there's more than like twenty people. Um, anytime in the, you know, this year, I think 2021 is the next time where it's going to be like safe, 
will be allowed to go into these bigger spaces. Um, again, that also doesn't say I'm necessarily going to go until there's some sort of vaccine or whatever, since, you know, I've immunocompromised people in my lifetime, in my life. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I'll be there. I got a lot of oxy left over from my back surgery and we're going to grind it up and do lines of the 13 of us who share our seats together. We're going to have a hell, we're gonna have a hell of a party. <laughs> you know, oxy is not an antiviral, right? <laughs> like that's not oh, the but, other prescription you were given. You've, once you've snorted it, you'll think it is. <laughs> it's true. Uh, a line of oxy and like a bottle of wine and you're fucking. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Who cares in the world whatsoever? So, um, all right. I want what he's snorting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, some other United news. Uh, there was a Fox Sports North unscripted uh, thing that came out. If you guys watched this with Adrian Heath, um, apparently the uh, there is like a Skype, uh, a Wednesday Skype cooking class that the team does, like where they try to cook breakfast and whoever has the best breakfast. And of course, Adrian Heath manages to throw his players under the bus uh, during the interview. Of course. Um, why not? <clears throat> but to, to Adrian Heath's credit, he, uh, Marty Gellner was the one who was interviewing him from Fox Sports North, and uh, she mentioned about Minnesota United in the last three years and, and, all, and the, talking about the fans and all that. Um, and to his credit, Adrian Heath at least mentioned that there was a history of soccer in Minnesota um, before – MLS. Uh, he talked wow. before Adrian Heath came to Minnesota. There yeah, was not- he, he, to his credit, and I, and I am loath to give Adrian Heath any fucking credit ever. Well, you all know this. Anybody who listen to this podcast knows this. He at least was like he didn't. He wasn't completely dick about that question because he could have so let him in. So what's Jamie Watson got on him? I wonder. What's that? <laughs> I wonder what Jamie Watson has on him. <laughs> probably a lot considering they go back to the austin aztec years yeah yeah okay. yeah i know um a couple other things captain morgan uh announced an initiative uh with uh mls and with minnesota united specifically um where they're donating fifty five thousand dollars to open hands midway of st paul uh which nice. is their organization they're doing like a megan competition on instagram um which you can raise more money for that charity uh, go follow Captain Morgan on Instagram if you want to learn more, I guess, uh, and and or Minnesota United FC on, on Instagram. But apparently you have to, like, you nutmeg something, not a kid, because apparently they want, you know, people who are over 21 and or inanimate objects or, like, animals. And you could, like, win some money for a charity or whatever. So um, that's the thing. And then uh, finally, Finlay, uh, Ethan Finley was on BN Sports um, talking uh, a little bit about the coronavirus stuff. And uh, he mentioned something interesting that I thought I'd bring up. This, the player rep. So he's so Ethan Finley is on the executive board for the MLS Players Association. I don't know if you guys yeah. knew that. Yeah. And uh, the MLS Players Association board got a – he mentioned getting a presentation from the owners um, – of their potential losses and all this stuff. Uh, This was directly before the MLS uh, owners asked the players to take that gigantic pay cut. Um, And he was very coy. He was, it was on BN Sport USA. Um, He was very coy about, you know, what was in that uh, presentation. Um, But basically he just, he was like, it's a presentation. They, they gave us some information and we're discussing it. So um, we have not heard anything more on that, 
on that conversation about um, potentially, uh, you know, cutting wages or whatever. Um, but yeah, anyways, that's, I don't know if you guys saw that BN Sport interview. I thought it was interesting. Um, and then of course, like there was a bunch of other bullshit, but like there was like one interesting thing in there. So That makes uh, one more interesting thing than BN Sports studio shows usually have. So kudos, huge kudos to Ethan Finley for saving, uh, saving that entire episode. Yeah. I don't have BN Sports, so. I do. Their, their broadcast rights are second to none, uh, and their studio yeah. shows appear to have been produced for a budget of twelve dollars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't either, but it was it was posted on their website, which uh, was free. So, anyways, uh, yeah. So there's that. Uh, that leads us to uh, Man, one saloon. Sorry, guys, I dropped a thing. Um, one saloon. MJ, take it away. Um, I would just like to insert before getting to one saloon that uh, Minneapolis City has been competing in this uh, FIFA 20 uh, E-World Cup or E-lower-US-level lower soccer competition. And it's really fun. Uh, Jonah Garcia is their player that, that represents them. And uh, this past Saturday, they played uh, – FC Tucson and they beat they beat Tucson uh, two nothing. Jo- Jonah Garcia won two nothing. So um, it, I know video game soccer is is not as fun, but uh, I will say that watching watching FIFA is better than Micro Machine soccer. And uh, if you are not familiar with Minneapolis City, give them a follow at MPLS City SC um, on Twitter. So I'll I'll put that in there. I, this week, I want to talk about Cristiano Diaz uh, for one saloon. Cristiano Diaz uh, played in several uh, Brazilian clubs around the Sao Paulo area. Uh, probably the most prestigious of that was uh, Deportivo Brazil. Um, Depo- Deportivo Brazil um, was uh, based in Porto, uh, Porto Feliz uh, in, in, in Sao Paulo. Um, and then uh, he came to a club called Miami FC. Um, now, this Miami FC is not the Miami FC of recent. This Miami FC is the one that eventually became the Fort Lauderdale Strikers. So he leaves this Miami FC slash Fort Lauderdale Strikers. He played for them from 2007 to 2010. So after the 2010 was the first year of the Stars in the wake of the whole, uh, you know, Johnson runs away and takes our money uh, from the Thunder. Uh, and oh, so at the, at the end of 2010, uh, he, he uh, comes to mi- the Minnesota Stars. And so that 2011 season that, that we beat the Fort Lauderdale Strikers <laughs> in the NASL Soccer Bowl – you know, he was playing against his old team. Uh, and he was with uh, the Stars uh, all the way up through uh, when they had become Minnesota United in 2013 through 2015. Um, during that time, he was also playing with Lucas Rodriguez, former Minnesota Stars, for the Missouri Comets, uh, an, an indoor soccer league team. Um, and he was with Missouri Comets from – uh, 2011 to 2013, and then he ended his his soccer career um, playing two years for uh, Puerto Rico FC, and I think David has a story about that. 
Cristiano Diaz in Puerto Rico? Yeah. Oh, oh, we saw him in Puerto Rico. Yeah, you saw him in Puerto Rico. <laughs> Great story. Yeah, no, it was our honeymoon. Yeah, ego. Uh, yeah, no, it was. Uh, it was actually. It was. It was. It was actually. I don't know. It wasn't. A, it's not a great story, Cristiano Diaz wise, but yeah, it was like. Uh, it was the only year that Minnesota and Puerto Rico played in the NASL together. Was that year because the next year, uh, Puerto Rico folded. Uh, I think there was a hurricane. Yeah. Sure was a hurricane. Yeah. They didn't play the in the NASL that year, and that was the last. Or the, yeah, that was the last year. Or no, twenty sixteen was the last year of Minnesota United in. NASL 2017 went to um, MLS, but yeah, we yeah we, we and I we were talking about our honeymoon, and I was like, we got married in September, and I was like, oh, let's you know let's do something in October, whatever. And then I looked at the schedule and realized that um, uh, Puerto Rico was on the schedule for October. I was like, oh, it's a perfect time to go to Puerto Rico. Also, we could see a Minnesota United match, which was not a. Uh, to be fair, it was not a. Uh, I didn't have to twist my wife's arm too much on that one because she's also a gigantic Minnesota United fan. So, but yeah, saw Chris, Cristiano at uh, at the, the match. Um, he he is actually from the uh, Minas Gerais uh, region of of, of Brazil, uh, specifically the, the city of Machado, and but he currently lives in North Carolina, and I don't know I don't know what he's my sources didn't bring up what he's doing in North Carolina, but he and his wife uh, live in North Carolina now. Um, do any of you have any Cristiano Diaz uh, favorite moments or, you know, Taka talked about his, his tackling and, and being quite brutal on the tackling front. Uh, any, any of you have any memories of Cristiano Diaz that you'd like to m- mention? Crazy if that makes blank. it sound like he's, he just died, man. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> I, I am blank. Um, I just I remember that that because of his height, um, two two things because of his height on set pieces, you know, where we were, you know, sending a corner kick across the box, we would have him, you know, up in the box. And after that would usually go horribly wrong, you know, he would have to run all the way back to uh, midfield or e- even by our goalkeeper because, you know, he's a center back and, and that's where he needed to be. So he would, he would go from being in a free kick or, or corner kick position to having to run all the way back just because of it, his height. And we kind of see that with Ike Opara today, if you, if I can make an analogy with that. And, the other thing I remember is, you know, he was a Brazilian before we had a lot of Brazilians. Uh, before Paulo Campos got on the team and and then he and Manny kind of linked up some connections in Brazil and got a bunch of other Brazilians on the team, you know, he was our first Brazilian. I think my favorite – so, yeah, Cristiano, uh, uh, he was a defender. So, like, he, there was never a ton of uh, – he weirdly scored goals. Like, he's – scored random like really important goals for the team he wasn't a huge goal scoring he wasn't an attacking defender in the uh like kevin Venegas, uh justin davis sort of mold um but he was a really he was like a dude as uh taka mentioned a dude who just like fucking came into a tackle really fucking hard and i remember um we used to sing a song for cristiano uh, <laughs> You know, Christian, oh, Christiano, yeah. 
You are the love of my life, oh, Cristiano. I let you shag my wife, which was the song that we sang for a long time until it was like, oh, that's actually uh, not cool. Uh, and actually, my wife was one of the ones who led the, uh, it was going up on the death loon. It took, it took half a year, but basically, um, it was her, it was Doreen, uh, it was a couple other women, and then a, a few of us dudes joined in, we're like, yeah, like, this is, that's kind of fucked up. And then eventually, <laughs> got the entire, because it'd be, and then in the section, it, we change it from, I'll let you shag my wife, to, i let you shag me twice. Um, yeah. That was that was the female version. That was well, no, that was the that was the the the, the yeah the non sexist version, not the female version, the non sexist version. Yeah. And uh, it took us a long time. It took it's us the a, version a, Frankie Valley preferred. Yeah, <laughs> it took <laughs> us about half a year to get, but we got, eventually got the entire section singing "Shag Me Twice" instead of "I Let You Shag My Wife." Um, but it took a while. But that shows like. But there is, you know, we can change. Uh, we can make, uh, you know, better decisions. Props so to Anna. Cristiano. That was a, a that was a sexy-ass man. What a sexy accent. Yeah. And he had a sexy accent, too. Yeah. We, did, we didn't take that nearly far enough because there's the slower part and then the faster part. And both parts are really good. That is true. Yeah. You're just too good to be true. I can't take my eyes off of you. <laughs> Cristiano had had maybe one of the better uh, songs. Taka had a yeah. really good song, uh, uh, but yeah, Cristiano has one of the better songs. That is like the one thing I miss really about the NASL days is that we actually yeah. did like make up songs for players and sing them and get them sung throughout the entire section. I mean, I love that we have two thousand people in the Wonderwall. It's great. Yeah. But we're like we're really stuck on like the same songs, and we just, we don't have the same nimbleness of uh, being able to like workshop a Kevin Molino, which we yes. did. Um, I mean that was early MLS days, but like, yeah, yeah. Um, it's just we're not we're not as, we're not as nimble anymore. So that's yeah. a trade off. The humor's gone. Yeah, it's, uh, it's there's a go. well, there's a big there's a big chunk there that doesn't want humor to be involved. That yeah, that's that is. Your words, not my bill. Um, I'll, 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 uh, I'll, bite, I'll bring that out any day, David. You know that. Any, anything else from Cristiano, MJ, or Dan? He has any, Bill? Christian. I'll just say that, that what Cantaro what, uh, Takata said about his tackling and kind of being brutal and being this kind of center, center back, you know, I will prevent you from scoring goals that sort of ruthless reputation was very evident and he, it, it might've even gotten a negative connotation if, if it were not for someone on the Minnesota stars that had a bigger reputation for doing that, which was, which was Brian Coleman, you know, yeah. Br Brian Coleman by comparison was perceived as a bigger hothead, you know, a bigger, you know, red card liability or, sort of professional fall I'll take that yellow card if you if you want to prevent a goal um but uh you know Chris, Cristiano got that job done in the, at, at center back for for many years for us so if, if if people out there don't know who he was or have never seen him just go to YouTube and put in uh MNUFC Cristiano Ronaldo or Cristiano <laughs> Diaz 
and uh, and there's clips of him. There's uh, there's funny team videos with him yeah. in it. There's uh, there's plenty of stuff. Diaz with an S. D I A S. Yes. Thank you. I A S. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The Brazilian spelling, not the uh, Spanish spelling. So D I A S. Cool. All right. Uh, that takes us to our sort of tips and tricks and treats to survive the Rona. Um, I'll start. I, you know, I, I've started, uh, I've never seen the Sopranos. I've seen, I should take that back. I've seen like bits and pieces of the Sopranos because uh, an ex-wife of mine um, really loved the Sopranos, like religiously loved the Sopranos and I was never into it. So I never really got into it. And then, you know, that all stopped happening. So but I'm gonna start watching The Sopranos. Uh, there's a couple of podcasts that I've seen that are about, like sort of like recapping The Sopranos. That I wanna, they just started. So I'm like, oh, I can start from the beginning and get caught up. Um, just finished Babylon Berlin season one, which was fucking great. I don't know if you, don't, if you guys seen Babylon Berlin at all. You guys watch it? Oh. I think I, 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 I religiously follow Wes's thread of the wallpaper used the in wallpaper that show. fucking tits. <laughs> But yeah, MJ, do you watch Babylon Berlin or? I've I've only seen the first episode, and so okay. so I I am hooked, but I I haven't started binging yet. So that's you got the you got the gist of it. Yeah, <laughs> it's really good. But, when uh, when we first started, so we we watched like the first two episodes, and then we kind of forgot about it for a little bit, and then we went back. Obviously, now yeah, that, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm kind of forgot about it, but we just finished season one, and. Um, awesome. Anna speaks German and Russian. So they speak German, mostly German in the, in the show, and then a little bit of Russian. She speaks German and Russian, so it's, like, a really good thing for her to just, like, keep up on her language. I took six years of German, but I haven't. I don't remember a fucking lick of it, so it's helpful for me to, like, kind of relearn German. But also, um, if you don't want to, like, listen to them speak in German and, and then read the subtitles, they do actually have uh, – Amazon has a, uh, a dubbed version. I don't oh, horrible. It. But like read the, read the fucking subtitles. Um, but it's a uh, it's really good and the the wallpaper, amazing, amazing. So, and then um, yeah, and I just found out that my summer frisbee league was canceled, which is really sad. It's a I play ultimate frisbee and uh, I play like in a, a master. It's called masters league, which is like basically like dudes over thirty five and women over thirty two. But it's basically people who don't run as much anymore. And I just found out today it was canceled. So I thought it was dudes over 33 and women over 30, but I don't know. Maybe it's 33 and 30. I don't know. There's like yeah. two years in, or three years difference or whatever. So yeah. maybe. Anyway. And, and so I assume all T Cool, like that means two, the beginner Tuesday league, the, yep. the more advanced Thursday league, that, that those are all canceled. All the summer league stuff is canceled, which is, yeah. Wow. Which, that's, that's huge. Yeah. But, so. but necessary. It is. It is. And then uh, finally, uh, I think we're going to do another Dave's I Know Zoom happy hour this weekend. Um, stay tuned on your social media ch- account of choice, which assuming is Twitter, if you're listening to this fucking podcast. Um, but I'll put a, a link out. Uh, yeah, probably Saturday, I'm guessing. I'm thinking Saturday, maybe like mid-afternoon. So those are what I got going on. Um what else? Who Dan? What do you got? What are you doing to survive the, the shit? Uh, not gonna lie, Christian's beer helps a lot. That's uh, oh, that's, that's right. I did a beer fairy run the other day. You did, which is a definitely a highlight of the week. Uh, 
So beyond beyond that, uh, now that the weather's getting nice, got the uh, bikes out, got tires pumped up, make sure the brakes still work. So start ramping into that, hoping to like actually get into decent biking shape this year. Uh, by which I mean like have an ass that doesn't hurt all the time after I go biking. And uh, I'm actually the like the only person in the world whose arms hurt more than their legs after biking because I have way too much pressure on my front tire. So I woke up this morning with bursitis in my left shoulder, not because I did anything strenuous, because I'm a fucking idiot. Uh, so we'll see if we can kind of get that right in before, uh, before the summer wears out. And uh, as the, the gamer of the group, I've been uh, dropping some hours into Horizon Zero Dawn, which is an absolutely stunning game. Um, few quirks of the gameplay that I'm not super wild about, but I can still highly recommend it for the visuals alone. We should talk handlebars um, after recording. <laughs> anyway, yeah, um, I might have some recommendations too. I'd say MJ, MJ would too. MJ, what about you? How about you? How are you dealing? Um, this? I'm fixing bicycles, sharpening knives. Uh, uh, I've recently realized that depending on how long COVID lasts and or the the stay at home and my ability to not go out and eat at restaurants, uh, my current knife set will not last. Uh, probably through this with as much as cooking I'm doing at home. And I mean, I love chopping vegetables and I'm not, I I have no pro skills. Like I can't like dice an onion in you know, less than 15 seconds or anything, but I I do love using my knives and I do love that fresh vegetables and, and meat and fresh produce in general. So I need some new knives and I've been doing a lot of research. So if any of you want some free consulting on, on kitchen knives. I've, I've learned a lot, probably I've kind of caught up. I was kind of really brushed up on kitchen knives, you know, 10 years ago. And I've kind of learned a lot uh, about Japanese, French, uh, Italian, and, and German uh, kitchen knives in the past few years. Hit me up on Twitter and uh, I can answer your questions. I feel like this is where you say, hey, if you want some consulting on knives, you can pay me some money. And I will I'll sharpen your knives for money and, you know, if you need a lot of knife recommendations, I'll start charging you. But, you know, I kind of feel like a drug dealer. You offer the first time for free. <laughs> I may take you up on that knife sharpening, MJ. I got a, I got a set of, uh, you know, those Cuisinarts that come in, like, oh God, des- yeah. designer yeah. colors? Yeah. yeah, so I have a set that's, like, a year old and needs to be sharpened. So Yeah, I, I, can, I can get a nice, nice grind on there for you. Excellent. Well, I'll preface mine with, uh, depending on how long the shutdown lasts, I might need your skills because – you know, might have to off my roommate. Yeah, you know, uh, you know Bill, if, if... Might need a sharp knife for that. Bill, I mean, I, I don't ask questions. No judgment. Like, yeah. whatever you need a sharp knife for. Like, yeah. knife is dull and you need it sharpened, you know. By all means, uh, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll make that happen. All right. Well, so, you know, I've, I've kind of been recuperating this week, so... Uh, I watched, the other night I watched it. Was, I I heard it was going off of uh, I think off of HBO this month. So I watched uh, Hedwig and the Angry Inch. I hadn't seen that it, since it uh, first came out in theaters. Nice. And uh, and God, it's so good. I love that movie. Um, I had seen uh, Ritz Theater, which is in my neighborhood, did a production of that last year, and uh, took my daughter to it. And uh, and God, it was amazing. They did such a good job. And uh, so if you haven't seen that and you have HBO, 
uh, definitely watch it. It's a, it, it's, it's a really good movie. Um, especially if you enjoy a, a good, you know, crazy punk rock movie about uh, somebody who has a botched sex change operation. And, uh, and it's damn funny. Who doesn't? Uh, what? <laughs> who doesn't? John, exactly. Um, and then uh, I don't know why I've kept watching this show all these years. I think it's because uh, I miss Jack Bauer so much from 24, from my years of uh, being at home with migraines. Uh, but the Homeland finale uh, is tonight. And uh, so I'm, uh, I'm going to be watching that as soon as we're done here. And uh, we'll see if Carrie Matheson has like six more breakdowns and then recuperations and diffuses bombs and all within one hour. Is, is Mandy Patinkin still on that show? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Jesus. You know, and he turns her him. in one episode and then he saves her the next. And yeah. It's just the same plot over and over and over. Has, has has there been somebody who's who's gotten more goodwill from one role, yeah, than anybody in the world other than Ma like Mandy Patinkin playing Nico Montoya? Like, yeah. it's generation of people yeah. over our age, like my age and Dan's age and MJ's age, and like yeah. we're all we 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 sort of run the gamut uh, of of ages here, from yeah. like you know mid thirties up to, or, you know, mid early thirties, like fifties, like who fucking love Mandy Patinkin. And it's, it's mostly because of fucking uh, Nigo Montoya. Yeah. Yeah. Him. I actually just found out that uh, Mandy Patinkin is uh, in the, the version of secret garden that I yeah. grew up with and totally love. And that's a like, great version. It is. It's, it is by far the best version on Spotify. He said with extreme prejudice. Yeah. Um, but I actually, so I used to, I used to use, because he plays um, Archibald Craven in that, and I used to use Where in the World is my audition piece. And I like just found out that that was Mandy Patinkin that I was, uh, <laughs> was learning from. <laughs> oh, I thought somebody erased my third one, but it jumped down to the next list. My third and final <laughs> one is, is our old time favorite thing that's getting me through the, uh, the COVID shutdown is sponsored by weed oh yeah and, uh, 100%. My, uh, my if you don't know about weed it's out there and you can buy it yeah it's really good and it's good I, try it try it if you haven't i uh was it saturday yeah, it was saturday i went upstairs to take a nap and then uh i woke up to a, a picture that my wife had texted me from downstairs and it was um Ragnar holding my uh, uh, my vape pen, and he she was and just the text was a picture of him holding, and she's like, "You need to hire drugs better." That was it. <laughs> and like, oh, okay, I realized. Oh yeah, I should actually. Yeah, he can he can grab shit now, and he's actually yeah. tall enough to like get onto uh, tables and things. So and I does he put a lot of things straight to his mouth? He does. Luckily, he did not do that. <laughs> My, and my wife, to her credit, she was like, "I let him, I let him do it as long like, as till I could get a really good picture of him, but I didn't let him like put it in his mouth." Uh, you wonder how many times that's happened to people. I mean, that's fair. Like, yeah, I, I, I need to do a better job. Like, I've, I've been kind of willy nilly about it, but yeah, now he's to the point where he actually will like grab shit and like jam it in his mouth. And, yeah. Um, luckily, 
the you know a vape pen and probably not going to do anything but you know you never know all right uh our final segment uh shit on andy schletz uh yeah he had a i don't know i'd be kind of done with the section oh, fuck it moving on um that's it <laughs> Um, the ultimate shit on Schletz is we're not going to give him any airtime. I'm going to fucking acknowledge. We're going to ignore you, man. Um, hey, Mags. Mags, you're awesome. Uh, Andy's a dick and kind of sucks and, you know, whatever. Uh, now you're giving That's him airtime. That's the last time we're going to shit on Schletz. Way too much uh, attention for him. Yeah. So, yeah, guys. So uh, we're going to announce a Zoom happy hour. Um, hopefully, like I said, this weekend, I'm, I'm gearing towards Saturday afternoon. I got to check in with my family and see when they want to do a Zoom call. Because um, the Dave's I know Zoom channel is also the David Zeller Zoom channel. So um, as long as those two things don't overlap, we'll be good. So yeah, keep an eye out on our uh, Twitter page. Um, rate and review us wherever you, you get your this podcast. Patreon.com backslash the Dave's I know. At TDA came in on Twitter. That is where you're going to want to follow. Um, I'm at Texas Zeller. Dan's at D Wade, MJ's at MJ Matsui, Bill's under at Bill underscore McGuire, um, and Taka, of course, is at uh, Kentaro TK on Twitter. So follow him, um, guys. This was this was great. We did it under two hours, I think. Woo! The last one's been fucking <laughs> hours, so I'm really glad. So um, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, we have the day to know this. And work it out Cause we both know We can't do nothing at all Oh, oh, yeah Oh, 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 oh. We did we, we do our thing, son Long as you do yours Land here, become fecund Yeah uh, we, we do yeah. our thing, son Through the act we attract two Hope to reach one uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing Do it we do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be we, done. Uh, we, we do our thing, son. Son, 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 son. Nothing at all. Y'all know we can't do nothing at all.